Session three of the law of one. We're picking up where we left on session two, if you remember, what was the capstone that they used in the pyramid. But most importantly, we're gonna find out the technique that they used to build the pyramid itself. We're gonna get a little bit about healing and a little bit about consciousness. Let's do this. This session begins with Don asking Ra if the ritual they perform was correct, uh, because in the past session, Ra gave them a way to create a sacred environment for the channeling. So he asked a couple of questions about if the ritual was performed right and if the items that Carla obviously uh, had been using were properly aligned. Remember from the introduction that they had to create a specific alignment with the items that Carla was familiar with and all this stuff. So that's how the beginning of the session um, starts with just a bunch of questions about that. And then Don goes into the last question that they left in the previous session and asks about the capstone in the pyramid. Now he gets the answer that I won't read to you, but I'll just tell you that there was actually uh, an original capstone that was made of granite. And that was the purpose of that was uh, for channeling the energies at the top, I believe, and also for ventilation because of the crystalline aspect of the granite and crystalline has a different uh, meaning in the law of one, meaning that is the arrangement of what we call atoms, which is just the energy inside the, the crystals. And that allows the energy to flow and also uh, something about the air uh, flow, almost like ducts, he says. And that's, that was the original capstone made of granite. And then they created, uh, the people, once they left, once Ra left, they created another capstone that was made of partially gold and it was done mostly for the idea of creating uh, like a royal place. You know, remember they, they, they kind of took over the pyramid and made it like this, um, this elite thing. So, uh, but Ross says that the capstone, the second capstone still had the same purpose. In any case, those were the two capstones that they use. But let's jump into the first question that I want to share with you. How were the blocks moved? You must picture the activity within all that is created. The energy is, though finite, quite large compared to the understanding distortion by your peoples. This is an obvious point well known to your people, but little considered. This energy is intelligent. It is hierarchical. Much as your mind-body-spirit complex dwells within a hierarchy of vehicles and retains, therefore, the shell or shape of field and the intelligence of each ascendingly intelligent or balanced body, so does each atom of such a materialist rock. When one can speak to that intelligence, the finite energy of the physical or chemical rock body is put into contact with that infinite power which is resident in the more well-tuned bodies, be they human or rock. With this connection made, a request may be given. 
the intelligence of infinite rockness communicates to its physical vehicle and that splitting and moving which is desired is then carried out through the displacement of the energy field of rockness from finity to a dimension which we may conveniently call simply infinity. In this way, that which is required is accomplished due to a cooperation of the infinite understanding of the creator indwelling in the living rock. This is, of course, the mechanism by which many things are accomplished, which are not subject to your present means of physical analysis of action at a distance. All right, so in simple terms here, what they're trying to say is that remember that everything in the universe is energy and there is an intelligence within that energy. Um, when you get to understand a little bit more the densities of consciousness, you get to see that there is what I like to call uh, the information field and then the energy field. Information field to me means that there's something in the metaphysical world that is telling the energy how to behave. Now, energy is everything, right? Like atoms are made of energy and they're just arranged in different geometries and uh, ways that they vibrate. So that intelligence that they call is what I call information. Information is telling energy how to behave. So they are able to tap and we are also able to do it at a very uh, low level, of course. And we'll get, we'll get into this a little bit more as the video goes on. But we are able to also um, manipulate that information field and that energy to behave in ways that we want. Right? Clearly, Ra being from six dimensional, um, for, from six density consciousness, they have a very, very powerful way to create and manipulate this. So they're talking about how the blocks were moved in general and how they created the pyramid by thought alone. They didn't have to move anything physical. It's kind of ludicrous to imagine higher dimensional beings coming here with, you know, tractors and big things to move uh, around blocks. They can create things out of block because they can communicate with that intelligence that is present on everything, every single being, whether that be rock or human. Um, it's present there. So they are basically telling the, uh, let's call it the genetic code of the rock, how to behave in real time. So that's how they created the pyramids themselves. Um, what we have next is, um, is a question from, uh, let's see, it's a previous one from, oh, there, there's something interesting here that goes on and that um, I, I'm not gonna bring that question but uh, Don asked if this has to do something with, you know, that saying that we can move mountains with thoughts alone, to which Ra responds something quickly. And the other part of the question that I want to share has to do with this idea of moving mountains with our, with our mind, because that's what he related to building the pyramids this way. Then, if an individual is totally informed with respect to the law of one and lives the law of one, then such things as the building of the pyramids by direct mental effort would be commonplace. Ra responds to this. You are incorrect in that there is a distinction between the individual power through the law of one and the combined or societal memory complex mind-body-spirit understanding of the law of one. In the first case, only the one individual, purified of all flaws, could move a mountain. In the case of mass understanding of unity, 
Each individual may contain an acceptable amount of distortion, and yet the mass mind could move mountains. Pretty cool, huh? If you didn't get it right there, it means that for somebody to move a mountain, they need to be purified of all possible flaws. So I don't think even the Buddha could have been able to do that. Um, but the key thing that they're saying here is that basically the collective consciousness, the mass mind that they call here, is able to do it if, even if they have a little bit of distortions. So it's almost like we collectively can do more than obviously alone. And what we would need to achieve to do something individually, we can do with just a group of people, which talks about unity in a beautiful way that we can interpret here and means about um, just getting together and trying to uh, achieve something. Now, the next part of this question, I really wanted to read it to you because um, it's, going, it's going to make sense as I read it as opposed to just the presentation. And it says, this is part of the same answer that they give in terms of um, just what we're uh, seeking in, in, in moving uh, consciousness and energy in general. So they say, the progress is normally from the understanding, which you now seek to a dimension of understanding, which is governed by the laws of love. Now they're talking about four density here, or actual our third density moving into four density, which is uh, understanding the dimension of understanding, which is governed by the laws of love. That's for density, where we're heading right now. And which seeks the laws of light. This means from for density, which is the density of love and understanding, we seek the law of light. And light is the fifth density. Um, then they continue to say, those who are vibrating with the law of light seek the, the law of one. And the law of one is sixth density, which is where Ra is, and says, those who vibrate with the law of one seek the law of foreverness. And there's something cool about this because they are the ones um, talking about the, uh, the law of one. And they also say, uh, we cannot say what is beyond this dissolution of the unified self with all that there is, for we still seek to become all there is, and still are we raw. Thus our paths go onward. What they're saying is that um, they see us, obviously, as third density beings trying to uh, find the love and understanding of our next dimension or density of reality. They are also from sixth density, and they don't know what goes beyond that. They know that is the law of foreverness, what they're trying to seek, but beyond that, they don't know. So it just shows also that they're not like overpowering, you know, um, uh, omnipresent or, you know, know everything in the universe. They are distorted beings, you know, in their own sense from sixth density, but they're also seeking the law of foreverness, which is seventh density there. Um, then uh, I, I want to read this to you as well because um, there is a, um, th there's, there's a couple of things that are asked and it's probably better if I read it to you and we see the answers that Ra gives and it's all about you know how the pyramids were built. I just wanted to give that little uh, reflection about how they talk about these little things that are so important to know about the dimensions of reality and they just put it out there like it's just general chat. Um, so. The next question that goes on is, was the pyramid then built by the mutual action of many? And Ra says, the pyramids which we thought 
built were constructed constructed thought forms created by our social memory complex. This means that um, he's asking, Don is asking if it was uh, built by mutual action of many. But the way Ra says it's like, yes and no, like we just built it because we are a social memory complex. So much like we humans can collectively get together and move mountains if we wanted to, and this is real, um, then they're explaining that they as a collective consciousness, which is a sixth density, they just basically created that way. Uh, the next question is, then the rock was created in place rather than moved from someplace else? Is that correct? And this is crucial because a lot of historians talk about like how they moved the blocks and all this stuff. Nonsense. Uh, Ra says, we built with everlasting rock, the Great Pyramid, as you call it. Other of the pyramids were built with stone moved from one place to another. So the Great Pyramid itself was created with a thought form, like they said. And everlasting rock is something that's going to get really deep right now, uh, but bear with me here. And they say that other pyramids are actually or were built with a um, rocks move from from a place to another. And now Don asks, "What is everlasting rock?" And I'm just going to read what he says here because this this is actually a pretty confusing answer. And you know, I can only give you my interpretation of it. Ross says about everlasting rock. If you can understand the concept of thought forms, you will realize that the thought form is more regular in its distortion than the energy fields created by the materials in the rock, which has been created through thought form from thought to finite energy and beingness in your, shall we say, distorted reflection of the level of thought form. <laughs> no, and it's funny because he asks at the end, may we answer you in a more helpful way? Uh, Don goes to another question, of course, but let me let me try to explain my interpretation of everlasting rock. We already know that there is the intelligence of the information field that is telling energy how to behave. And when you get this intertwined with the idea that you can tell or talk to the intelligence of the energy, then that everlasting rock is basically the um, uh, the infinite existence of that energy within what we call beingness and you know that that's uh what he says here of how how we perceive this energy as material or solid physical objects so uh, that's what everlasting rock is you know it, it's it's almost like saying everything is infinite and we just talk to it and create this at least that's what my interpretation is uh we'd love to see what everybody else would say about this um then it goes into um, if this is actually a question that I'll cover in uh, the next presentation, because I think what it says needs to be uh, read. So let's get into it. This is rather trivial, but I was wondering why the pyramid was built with many blocks rather than creating the whole thing as one form created at once. There is a law which we believe to be one of the more significant primal distortions of the law of one. That is the law of confusion. You have called this the law of free will. We wish to make a healing machine or time-space ratio complex, which was as efficacious as possible. However, we did not desire to allow the mystery to be penetrated by the peoples in such a way that we became worshipped as builders of a miraculous pyramid. Thus, it appears to be made, not thought. 
Okay, so this one is pretty simple. They just decided to create the pyramid like it was built in a way that it was confusing for people because they didn't want to create something that's like not explainable by third density uh, beings and especially knowing the level of consciousness that we had at the time. So that's the, the answer of why the pyramid wasn't built uh, with thought form, you know, especially a way that nobody else can explain. They would be uh, interrupting free will at this point of uh, people discovering actually you know what the nature of reality is by finding these artifacts so that's the the one reason and the next question is the last one we're going to cover because again as uh, ra says uh, carla is at that point of failing you know her energy and then they don't want to fatigue her too much so let's get into that question and read what he says does the shape of the pyramid have a function in the initiation process this is a large question. We feel that we shall begin and ask you to reevaluate and ask further at a later session. This somewhat, shall we say, informative point. To begin, there are two main functions of the pyramid in relation to the initiatory procedures. One has to do with the body. Before the body can be initiated, the mind must be initiated. This is the point at which most adepts of your present cycle find their mind-body-spirit complexes distorted from. When the character and personality that is the true identity of the mind has been discovered, the body then must be known in each and every way. Thus, the various functions of the body need understanding and control with detachment. The first use of the pyramid then is the going down into the pyramid for purposes of deprivation of sensory input so that the body may, in a sense, be dead and another life begin. Okay, so basically what he's saying here is that the function of the pyramid in the initiation process was first to make the mind initiated and then the body. This sounds a lot like um, an ayahuasca trip or a psychedelic therapy in and of itself. If you're familiar with that type of work, what we're trying to do is reconnect with the self. The true identity of self is what they call, you know, and it, it kind of makes sense because when you come into this reality, this third density reality, uh, you're kind of confused as to who you are, you know, where you come from, uh, what's your purpose? I mean, those are the classic questions we ask ourselves, you know, as humans. So finding that and the only way to find it is through what we call spirituality which in and of itself is just reconnecting with the self and who you are truly at a quantum field of energy uh, who you are in the the oneness of the universe so this is basically the same purpose of the pyramid just finding who people were truly and in their mind and then connecting that with the body now this question goes into session four because like i said at the beginning Carla was already very fatigued and that was the point where they cut it off and they said um, let's go to the next session with this question and the other questions that were asked in the session were just about Carla uh, how can they uh, make her more comfortable and everything else remember they do this on every session so I won't be covering this too much in the future but that's how the session ends with that that's all I have for you in the session four uh, session three, session four is next, and we're going to continue with this uh, with this question then. And that's it. So remember, subscribe, like, it helps, and um, just stay in touch with the community if you want in the Facebook group that I have 
list it in the description below and ask any questions you want. I love it. All right, I'll see you in session four. Much love.